Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Johnny! Come on, Johnny. Pick up. Pick up, pick up. Do you read me? Evan? I'm here. What's the situation? Johnny? We've been trying to get through to you. We think... We think someone's been jamming you. That interference we were picking up earlier goes way past the regular zone static. Can't be. This place is dead quiet. You inbound? I think I see you coming in. We're still a few minutes out. There's no way we're in visual range. Shit. It wasn't the jammer. Focusing rings around the iris of Johnny's cyber eye whirled and locked into place as magnification algorithms zoomed in on the incoming vehicle to confirm her suspicions. It was an old Caldwell flight car, well-worn and patched up by scrap. She could hear the grav engine struggling as it sped towards the tower, too fast and too overloaded, with passengers to be safe. This hardly seemed to be a concern for said passengers, as three of them were hanging out of the windows, banging on the sides of the car as if that had given more speed. Looks like the Troka are back for seconds. Well, you kind of killed a lot of them. Wait, how did they know where you were going to be? You know that shithouse signal you two were on about earlier? Was it my signal that was the problem? I bit my chips that you got a siphon stuck up under your belly. You've been hacked. What? Since when did the Troka start using tech? There's a first time for everything. Now pick up the pace, you're going to be coming in hot. Sliding down onto her knees beside her prize, she kissed her fist and pressed it to the surface of the case with a smirk before struggling her long coat back over her shoulders. You just stay right there. We're taking you for a ride. The howls of the Troika were a chilling sound against a wind that only seemed to intensify with the mood. Sliding backwards, Johnny braced herself against a seemingly stable section of wall beside the window the crate had torn into the building. Predictably, bullets raked the side of the building as the car strafed past at breakneck speed. Hazarding a peek around the corner told her all she needed to know. The ones that had been hanging out of the windows were already securing weapons to their bodies, getting ready for a jump as the flight car spun around sharply for another pass. Well, this should at least be fun to watch. Let's have it then. The world slowed down. The wind seemed to stop as Johnny's adrenal pump engaged. It always began this way, with this calm. 
A pistol gripped in each hand, the sound of her own breath was all her hyper-focused senses could hear. As the first of them crashed through the brittle wall, he was the unlucky one. His body not stopping its descent here on the 43rd floor, but rather much lower. The ground shattering below his impact as floor after floor gave way to his weight. She was already moving by the time the second one landed on sturdier ground. His hands fumbled for his assault rifle too late as Johnny sprung up from her spot against the wall, bullets already in the air and hurtling towards the scrambling troika as the next invader crashed down beside him, knife in hand. This one had better instincts than his comrade, wasting little time before charging in to bridge the distance between himself and the merc, her cyber arm colliding defensively with the inside of his first wide slash, all while bullets slammed through the body of his clumsy friend. With a sudden jarring rush, the world caught up again with her. What had seemed like slow motion accelerated to a manic pitch as she agilely sprung backwards in the face of her adversary's furious onslaught. She was sure she'd broken his arm with her first deflection, but he was clearly too strung out on thrill drugs to feel it. So, do you want the good news or the bad news? <sighs> Ella, I'm a little busy right now. <gasps> I get that, I do. But we've got more company. Another car full of them just dropped in on our tail. Just get here now and be ready. What do you even mean, be ready? All right, Evan. Hold it together. You're only driving a floating car into a firefight. You know, everyday stuff. Everyday badass merc stuff. So basically, we're going to die. Great. That's great. You're talking to yourself again. I know I'm talking to myself! Ella wrinkled her face in annoyance before a flash of an idea seemed to ignite behind her hazel eyes. Without the slightest hesitation or consideration in regards to the predicament they were in, she half dove into the back seat of the car, roughly bumping into her partner as she hastily rummaged through their duffel bag. Hey, hey! Do you know what's not easy? Keeping this thing in the air as we're getting shot at, driving max speed, fuck! Ella, come on! I'd like to see you drive this thing! Just hold on a second! I've got an idea! Just one second... Alright, got it! Oh, is that what I think it is? Tell me that is what I think it is. Yep, it's a deployable leash! One shot from this bad boy and we'll have control of that heap! Full control! You can cut its engine! I've got a way better idea! Chani's gonna be so impressed! Do you think she'll give us a bigger cut? Do you think she would? I mean, we do deserve it. Whatever, open the doors. One step ahead of you. With a grin, Ella grabbed onto the exit handle as the car door raised and tucked up over the top of the vehicle's roof. Wedging her foot under the seat, she took a deep breath before hanging herself out the door. Buffeted by a gust of wind, she nearly lost her grip on the handle of the leash gun as she bit her lip in nervous frustration before ducking back into the car for a moment as a hail of suppressing fire rained down on the car. So, I'm nervous. You can do this. Just, like, wait for a break in their fire or something. But take your time. They're only trying to knock us out of the sky. I'm sure we have all day. You don't even know how to do encouragement, do you? Stealing her nerves, she popped out the door again, channeling the annoyance bestowed upon her by her co-pilot. She was rewarded by the sound of the bolt impacting on the cockpit of the pursuing car. She ducked back into the passenger seat as the door slid down behind her. A look of satisfaction spread across her face. Engaging the HUD for the device was as quick as raising her hand to pull it down from the menu in augmented reality. 
readouts and images brought to her courtesy of the sensors in the hacked vehicle hovered in the air of her digital perception like ghostly holograms. She noted the Troika were having a hard time locking onto their car as Evan slipped in and out of their sight with his erratic driving. She wasn't sure if it was skill or panic as she stole a quick look over to her stressed out friend before resolving that it was time to do her part in ending this chase. Reaching up, she pulled the command screen to rest directly in front of her. Assuming control, now! If the Troika was screaming, she couldn't hear them, as she flipped the car upside down and opened the doors, instantly shaking two of them free to plummet down to the empty streets below. The beat-up car, to her surprise, wasn't handling the stunt well. Engine failure alerts filled her field of vision before the car shut down, following its dislodged passengers to the ground with the rest of its crew strapped in. Ace! <laughs> I thought you said you weren't going to cut their engines, like you had some cool plan in mind. It wasn't my fault, or at least it wasn't intentional. The engines just cut out on their own. What a piece of junk! If anyone asks, we totally killed all those guys on purpose. Johnny, we lost our tail and have you in visual range. Looks like the car that was circling your tower is getting out of here. What's the plan? <laughs> Slamming down hard on her back after absorbing a knee to the gut that knocked the air from her lungs, Johnny rolled onto her stomach so that she might crawl to her knees. She was instead given another kick to her midsection, this blow lifting her off the ground to land dangerously close to the hole in the floor that the first aggressor had plunged through. That's music to my ears. Taking a beating here, about done with it too. Give me a second to clean up and I'll be right with you. She didn't know where her pistols had scattered to in the hectic melee that had broken out. If the near supernatural strength of her opponent hadn't given it away, then the bluish-green blood that had been gushing from around the knife she'd buried into his thigh more than betrayed him as being a synth. That made him the second one she'd had to fight today, both of them in the Troika. Without a doubt, this meant they'd been doing some recruiting. Get up! The brute had a fistful of her hair now, as he began to lift her up from the ground. She could taste the blood running down from her nose, and she couldn't help but smile as he hauled her up. She'd needed that moment, needed it to collect herself, to catch her breath from the pummeling she'd endured. With renewed determination, Johnny struck out, driving the knife in his thigh deeper, this time into bone. With a cry, the synth released hold of her, grabbing his wounded leg by instinct, as Johnny freed a small pistol from her sleeve, tucked it under his chin before pulling the trigger. Get the ass of that tub as close to the gap in this wall as possible. No time to do this the safe way. That car's going to be back with more troke right quick and I've lost my guns. What about you? How are you getting out? I'm coming with it. If Evan had anything to say about the idea, and she assumed he did, then he said it with our comms on. Johnny appreciated that, as the idea of surfing a case 43 stories above the ground was making her more than a little anxious. She'd use action to keep her mind from what she was about to do, as moments later the car was floating outside and she was tying the rope she'd already secured to the case around its hitch. Determination propelled her as she took up some of the rope slack in her cybernetic hand and planted her feet as firmly as possible on top of the case. Crouching down low, she shook her head nervously before adjusting her grip on the rope. With a nod and a wave, she felt the case lurch forward as the car began to pull away, forcing her to slide across the ground faster than she might have liked. Eyes wide with gut-clenching fear, she rode the case to the edge and slammed them shut as she went over it. 
She's dead, isn't she? We killed her. It's hard to see. Let me just adjust. Okay. She's not dead. She's... I think she's laughing. She's crazy. She's a crazy woman. We work for a lunatic. Hey, Johnny. <laughs> just checking in. Having fun down there? <laughs> what an absolute rush. You gotta try this out. I don't know if I'd recommend it without a good sidearm, though. That drop was a fucker and a half. <laughs> Woo! Get us out of the zone, will ya? I've had about enough of this place for a day and I can't wait to open this thing up and see what's inside. <laughs> open the door! I'm coming up. Thought I'd open it up with you here. Whoever you are. Made a deal with Evan and Ella. All the coins from the job are going to them. And whatever's in here, sight unseen is going to me. It'll be their first real payday, even if it's under the table. They did... Well, let's keep this between you and me, but they did well out there. Maybe ready to get their tattoo. I'll have to talk to Nick after we collect, see if the Albatross will sponsor them. Alright, enough stolen. Let's see what you're holding on to. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Beautiful. Sorry, I forget that you can't see what I'm seeing. This case was meant for someone big. Two 25th anniversary edition Capricorn Moray pistols. They pack eight shots apiece. Mag propulsion gives them a big bang for each pop. There's enough clips in this case to keep me in business for a while. If I keep them. Bet someone would pay a pretty price for them. Set me a pretty for a year or two. <laughs> Listen to that, will you? I'd gnaw my own arm off and bored them if I had to lay low that long. I was born for the rush of this life. For as long as it'll have me. Besides, can't help but wonder what the business end of Amore does to someone. Got to at least put these things to work, yeah? It's decided then. We're staying in business. Better get to the Albatross and close this deal before that gun runner starts getting the edge. Cybernautica Breakwall is produced by Red Fathom Entertainment. This episode featured the voice talents of Abigail Turner as Johnny, Travis Story as Evan, Madeline Darrow as Ella, Amy Newark as Olivia, additional voices by Damian Sidlow, narration by Dan Bowd, and script editing courtesy of Jupiter Sanders. Cybernautica is written, designed, and edited by Damian Sidlow. Our show is 100% fan-supported, no sponsors or ads, so if you like what you've heard here, please consider stopping by CybernauticaPod.com to find out how you can back the show, as well as the cool stuff that you can get for getting behind us. A special thank you to Girl in Space's Sarah Ray Werner and her Podcast Now Masterclass for helping light the fire that turned into this story. Thank you for joining us this episode, and welcome to Neo-Atlantis. The Fable and Folly Network, 
where fiction producers flourish. It's the last days of summer, 1920. Do you know where your children are? They should be playing outside. Come on, Chelsea. Mima says we're not allowed to go to this house. We're not even supposed to be on the side of town. Doing their chores. Why aren't these chicken coops clean? Please, Father. I'll be good. I'll... Ah! Oh, God! Obeying their parents. You look me right in the eyes and tell me you didn't steal this bike. Ma, no, I've been helping Mr. Diamond, all right? Lord, don't tell me my son is working at a speakeasy. Exploring their feelings. Let's go over to the apple tree. Gosh, (laughs) okay. But unfortunately for these young fools, the neighborhood bully has other plans. Tonight, you are going to meet me out in front of the old Barnaker house. Howling house? Why? (laughs) Now, a boy scout, a tag-along, a doormat, and a delinquent will dare to spend the night in the most haunted estate in Arkham. Will they survive to see the sunrise? Or will they succumb to the hunger of Howling House? You're going to die What is that thing? Is, Is this the witch's library? I'm gonna kill you! Not tonight! Roger, make him stop! No! You watch! Run away, little ones. I'm so hungry. Listen to the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program's award-winning season, Night at Howling House. The complete story, available everywhere you listen to podcasts, and at CthulhuMystery.com. All the all the outs and free. All the outs and free. <laughs>